0: Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew.
1: And this is Josh. We'll be chatting about October 9th through the 15th. Mm. Full on in Halloween
0: month now. Mid-month. Still open. Still not on lockdown. (laughs) Still happening. We're recording this a bit earlier in the week than usual. Not because of anything that's going on, but it is kind of nice to like get this in. And we're like, yeah, it's for sure going to happen. The podcast is in. We've said it.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny because the last couple weeks... Two funny things happened that I, or one, on the previous podcast I didn't mention is I went out of my way to be like, I wouldn't be a good film critic. I'd be nice to everybody. And then like right away, just throw M. Night Shyamalan under a bus. True. I did it like five minutes later. So I I was a complete hypocrite. And then last week, it didn't sound as bad as I thought as it did during recording. Mm -hmm. But I thought I was just Eeyore through the whole thing. Like I was really feeling
0: like, oh, this is it. Here we go again. It did seem it sounded better than I at the time. It seemed it seemed more like ramshackle last week than it sounded.
1: Yeah, I always find that like it's the old rule of which we're breaking now of like, you know, when you're in grade school and you got a book report, don't go in front of the class and be like, I didn't read the book just wing it. Or yeah. don't go, I'm going to do a bad job. Don't <laughs> say that first. So even if you think you're not doing great,
0: just keep going and it might turn it out okay. It usually does. I don't really think we've had a bad one, like to my knowledge. That's, I guess that's not up to me to, to know, but... <laughs> I'm
1: sure if you went back, like even people who have become new listeners, and especially now, like we're so deep. Like if we were a radio show, you don't say like, oh, go back to the beginning. You can't, right? Nah. Now I'm like, go a hundred episodes back. Yeah, And it's like anything we've learned, right? So like I think you told me ages ago you listened to episode one. Yeah. And I was, like, not good at this, you (laughs) know? (laughs) Well, it
0: was really long, like, well, comparatively long. I think it was, like, 40, 50 minutes, and there were some dry spells and, like, I'm. Mean, I feel bad, like you know, being critical of it, but like it's like you. You don't know. Oh, and it's also in the theater. So right. Like yeah. The we sound used, to, we used bit... to do it in the theater, and it'd be really echoey. Yeah, like it's a cool concept. I like the idea of it, but yeah, like it's just it's hard not to sound like you're in a theater, you know, because you are. So yeah. So I think now, just
1: like a couple years in, it's the ten thousand hours rule that we're better at this. Virginia are we're we're more comfortable now. at this. We have better equipment. That too. Day one, we were all like huddled
0: around one microphone. Now we've got like, God. could you imagine the COVID implications of that? Oh, if we were it's still... so funny.
1: I guess Gwen got it. Might have been one of those Facebooks, like one year ago thing. Yeah, recently, and she was here for some reason, maybe to set up a new piece of tech for us or something. Mm-hmm. But she took a picture. It was the three of us, so it was a week when it was the three of us here, and we were huddled around this desk that's in front of us, all of us with our chest up to the desk two feet from each other a foot from each other yeah and it just was like wow that seems like 15 years ago (laughs) we need to be in covid jail for that yeah yeah, Yeah. like if that if that picture was out now we're like look what we did today yeah but now we've got arms on the microphone Mm -hmm. i measured it out so we're all seven feet away from each other right now yeah and it's just different yeah it's so funny to see stuff
0: like that like not even from march but from before and you're like wow that we didn't know this was coming. I can't even remember. And I'm like in the room where it happened and I still barely remember it. Like it's, it's, that's how, well, well, it's also been a long year. So.
1: And then there was times when we had Greg Sestero sitting in here or. Uncle Lloyd. Yeah. Uncle
0: Lloyd and his wife who were amazing. There was like seven people. jammed. in.
1: Yeah. Here. And there's like, I like, there's nothing stopping us from more people, but I like three. Like we have yeah. three microphones and there's a point too. Like if you have 12 people on a podcast, it's just editing hell and trying to keep all the voices off of each other and stuff like even now there'll be times where with three people it's not too bad like we might talk over each other or someone stutters or there's a break in the conversation and you can kind of whittle that all down Mm -hmm. if there's more people it's just it's just more effort and you see these podcasts that are like two hours long that's why i like to keep it 30 to 45 minutes at most Mm -hmm. because it just comes to a point where you're like Wow, this is taking all day to
0: whittle this together, yeah, I don't know how you do it as well as you do sometimes it's a day. like, like it, it's very it's... rare that I can tell that you've made a cut.
1: I think it's funny. there's sometimes where there's no cut, mm-hmm. and it sounds like a cut,
0: yeah, just because. <laughs> I don't know, there's a little
1: break or your voice changes or your mouth moves from the microphone a bit. And it 100% sounds like a cut. And I'm yeah. sure if I knew what I was doing, there's something I could do to like work around that. But I'm just like, that's ah, fine. Yeah, well,
0: <laughs> sometimes I don't finish sentences either. Like if the last word was obvious. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like,
1: Well, there's stuff you do in human conversation and then you hear it recorded and you're like, why did I just trail off there? The listener can't get anything yeah. from that. And but. then I remember it.
0: That happens a lot too. If I'm listening to it, I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember when that happened. But like, it's completely, when I walk out of here, like it's gone. Like I have no idea. And my wife will be like, was it a good podcast? I'm like, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> I can't so that's remember. my favorite
1: is hearing back from people. There's people now and I'm worse with the masks. Like I'm mask blind. It's crazy. But people come in and know me by name and say hi josh and i don't know their name <laughs> we'll chat and it's it's podcast listeners and it's like that's weird this infinitesimal tiny little bit of recognition we have through our we podcast is there's people out there who know us and it's that weird one-way street right where i'm like that with some podcast people i've met where it's like i know you way better than you know me you don't mm-hmm. know me at all but i know the name of your wife and your hobbies and
0: all this kind of stuff and yeah, that's weird. <laughs> like when I almost met Julia in L.A., but then didn't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which wasn't deliberate, but it was just like, we're in a packed theater. I don't I don't remember packed theaters. So. That's so bizarre. Yeah, well, <laughs> here you go. Let's segue into, instead
1: of chatting about ourselves, it's funny you brought Julia up. And I wrote this all down because this just happened, and I wasn't going to remember all the details. But this is so cool. Stephen King, who is really cool to his fans, does a thing where you can option one of his short stories for a dollar mm-hmm. to make it into a movie. And then
2: there's certain rules like you, a lawnmower man. I mean, you probably <laughs> could, I guess the, the
0: budget was about a dollar on that one, but, but no, that's not, but, nice. but it wasn't really an adaptation. <laughs> no, no, they, the, they just, they took the, the title. title and the lawnmower and then they made it a, and he was a man. I mean, I guess yeah, that part. Yeah, that in title only. The second one was way better, says no one. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I believe you were saying something I'm about dare you interrupt me. Job's War, I think you were talking about. So Julie is going to be
1: directing a short Stephen King film. Mm-hmm. It's her favorite short. Mm-hmm. It is from the collection Night Shift. Oh, yeah. And I just think that's such a cool thing because many writers wouldn't do that kind of thing. They'd be mm-hmm. like, well, no, my stuff's being optioned all the time. This might hinder it being sold mm-hmm. for an anthology series or to HBO or whatever. Yeah so the thing is steven doesn't help any after that right like you get it for a dollar but then you've got to do the movie so she lives all the way over in california she's going to be shooting it at the university of maine where mm-hmm. the film takes place yeah so that's kind of cool and not anytime soon like doing yeah, it yeah. next summer for what's, reason? Reason? what's the story it is i wrote it down because I, I always forget night- that t- 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 i read night shift maybe i've read it a million years ago but it's I know what you need. I've read that. I've yeah. read that. Yeah. And she said it was originally published in Cosmopolitan of all things. Huh. It's funny to track short stories like they're published yeah. in weird places.
0: Well, He did some in Playboy as well. I remember. Yeah.
1: And short story writers like you would have something in Cosmopolitan. You would have something in Reader's Digest. You'd have something in Hustler. Yeah. Like just I'm, all
0: over the place. I'm buying this for the Stephen King story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's really cool. So she's doing a Indiegogo. The Twitter feed is I-K-W-Y-N film. So just an abbreviation of the film, I-K-W-Y-N film. So you can go find out about it. From experience, I know, even if you don't have any money, which many of us don't right now, even just retweeting and spreading the word is a big help. Yeah. Give a dollar. You can give a dollar and a thousand people give a dollar and all of a sudden that's a nice big chunk of money. So... That's amazing. Option it for a
0: dollar, donate a dollar, you know. Yeah. We got a good thing going. And I also realized a, I know what you need film. It took me a second there. I was right, like, yeah. I wonder, what, I wonder what that acronym stands for. I'm like, right, the story you literally just said. I'll okay. never know. Yeah, that would not be helpful to remember.
1: But now I'm like, I want to make a Stephen King short, but That's the first thing I thought like, of too. She's raising, like, it's a good chunk of money. Right. And then like we've all been on film sets. We've all worked in film. It's so much work. Mm-hmm. Like, even for a short. The fact that she's going from LA to Maine to shoot this. Yeah. So that means like, I don't know how she's going to be working her crew. If she's going to be crewing local. no, would or... make
0: more sense, you'd think. Yeah. But... Getting
1: actors. I told her if she was shooting at University of Ottawa instead of the University <laughs> of Maine, I would demand to be an extra. Just like yeah. walking by in the background in the cafeteria
2: at the school or something. And, and they're letting her do that with the COVID? Well, she. it says,
1: all I know with is what I've read, the COVID. Is the COVID, is that she plans to shoot summer 2021.
2: Oh, okay. So mm.
1: I guess... She and the rest of the planet is hoping by summer 2021 we're enough past this where she can shoot her short film. Yeah, Or at least a podcaster I really like, or a comedian I really like, Paul F. Tompkins. He has a podcast. He's working on something right now or he just finished doing a, I don't know if it was a pilot or something for television. And he said it was really weird, but everyone felt safe. And it was like, they all got tested all the time. Mm -hmm. When not working, everybody was staying away from each other. It was all like... Boom poles and cameras on gym arms, and the set looked really weird because it wasn't people all crowded around each mm-hmm. other. Then that's in California, that's right. in the States. So the world has started to tiptoe back towards that. Even yourself, like Eric, in a grown up job, like yeah. that's once upon a time it was like, nope, nobody in
0: there, but yeah. now you're in there, kind and of. Honestly, right? yeah. Like, I mean, if they could any day it could get shut down again. Yeah. I, I don't, I've, it's hard to. I don't want to speculate, but, well, also, what else are you going to do but speculate, I guess? But still, like, yeah, they, like, they've done a, done a good job making that work as much as possible, but they are kind of putting in the groundwork of just-in-case kind of stuff, like, making sure they have all everyone's contact info and everybody's, like, comfortable at home and has, like, whatever material they need or whatever, you know? So it's, it's as good as it can be, but it's also, it feels like a weird karmic sort of, Damocles <laughs> hanging oh, over sure. everything we do, you know. Like I was a
1: hundred percent waiting when was the last press conference? Thursday or Friday or something. Yeah. I was waiting for the powers that be to be like, Yep, yeah, is it shut her down again? I yeah. really was. And when it didn't happen,
0: I'm like, okay. Yeah, because like I mean I'd heard that I think it was regal in the states closed down. Yeah, they uh, but, like closed down, closed down. But right? like, honestly, like a theater in the states means kind of nothing with yeah. us, you know. Like it's I, that doesn't surprise me. I'm like, oh, really? The hardest hit place in the world? Yeah, that's probably a good call. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Which it's just fingers crossed. Every day is uh, an adventure, I guess. <laughs> every I don't day know. is an adventure. Well, Andrew, you just went to your
1: brother's
2: wedding, right? On yeah. Friday, big beach.
1: So speech. how was that?
2: Like me. it was good. It was thirty people. It was indoors. The ceremony was outside and then the reception was indoors. It's difficult because, I mean, I mostly stayed at my table. I didn't move around a lot, but people were moving around. But they, you know, you have to wear your mask. And I mean, there's not a whole lot else you can do. I mean, there was no dancing, unfortunately. (laughs) So
1: funny. It's so funny to think like your brother's going to look at these photos 10 years from now and say a kid, say 20 years from now and one of the kids who doesn't know what we're going through now is going to be like why was uncle andrew in a mask why is yeah. everybody I don't know like- if there's
2: I don't know if there's any photos of me in a mask there was a videographer like videoing all of it mm. and there's photos so maybe there's some cuz there were photos
0: taken outside you know obviously right.
2: without masks but
0: yeah cuz like if you had a dance thing it would be almost like some sort of weird eyes wide shut thing or something like yeah. everyone's masked Remove up and your yeah. clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much the creepy sexual stuff, but like the dancing, you know? Well, there was,
2: you know, my mom had a dance with my brother and then the bride had a dance with her father. But that, you yeah. know, that that's it. I mean, that was obviously okay because they're, I guess, part of their bubble. But.
0: Right. Yeah, true. It's really weird now because like they haven't mandated going back to, you know, just the one bubble, but they're kind of strongly suggesting it. Well, we,
2: I mean, we wouldn't have been able to do that. The next day, I think. I think that was Damn. the day that they kind of were rolling out. Oh, right, a little yeah. bit. Oh, man. That's crazy. So if the wedding was like next weekend, I guess it would have only been 20 people instead of 30 or...
1: Yeah, Our friend Jenny Lee, who is a gold star friend of Mayfair. She used to work at Targ. She's, she's been in your short film, my short film, yeah. and Lee's film. So what? she's she's A couple like, of Leafs. I didn't even
0: so. know you guys had short films. What?
2: Yeah.
1: The hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You really buried the lead on that.
0: Andrew did a really good short film
1: for... What was it for? It was I for- did
2: one for digi 60. It's called Naked Democracy. Yeah. Good start. It's on I believe it's on funnierdie.com. It was on YouTube but then I got flagged cuz <laughs> there's nudity in it.
0: <laughs> oh good. It it's not, is it you? I don't I don't want to ask that. It's but- not my nudity. <laughs> okay, it's someone like, someone else's. I nudity feel there. like I had to ask.
2: <laughs> and I did another short film with Lee which is out there it's lee has it on his youtube but it's a private video because okay. again it's another full of nudity of yeah you, you it's and lee. Uh, it's sort of like when you keep porno underneath the it's not porno but it's <laughs> it's fairly you know r-rated i right. guess for lack of a better term it's sort of like if you keep it when you keep something underneath the counter kind yeah. of
0: thing Okay, you're hyping it up. Like, yeah, I really need yeah. to see all three It's called of these. Mad
2: Lieutenant and it's a spoof of Bad Lieutenant. See,
0: okay, so I got that yeah. at least. Oh my God, I can't. Does he anyway, shove talking... a gun in your mouth at some <laughs> yeah. point?
1: Like, I'm just... But yeah, so Jenny Lee got married last weekend and I knew it was coming, but then she like put it on Instagram or whatever. But I think she did it bare bones. Like, I think it might've been whoever got them married and the bride and groom and maybe like parents. Like, I think that well, was Well, yeah, it. Like,
2: I, I saw her photos, but it was just turn her husband i didn't see any guests yeah it might have just been them. i don't know but maybe maybe, yeah maybe just family that's the weird
1: thing we're in now of that kind of stuff
0: but yeah my brother did that it was he and his wife and his father-in-law that was it and they went to somewhere far and random like barbados or some random place they just disappeared like eloped basically my parents took it pretty hard (laughs) (laughs) um I, it was a little surprising, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I guess time heals all wounds. <laughs> but they were, like, ahead of the curve, really. I mean, with the trip down wedding aspect. yes, yeah. trip down wedding. So no, no, that. I didn't
2: mean it like that. Yeah,
0: it's not what you think. It's not Andrew's naked short film. It's <laughs> it's totally different concept. Artcore nudity. Oh, man, I can't believe this. Sorry to talk over Jenny Lee's news, but uh, I need to see <laughs> those films right now. I almost did a Digi60 film, and then I just ran out of time, and I wasn't able to do it. Well, I d- was able to do it, but Next I didn't time. do it. But I did support Digi60 by giving them a $50 donation, essentially. So <laughs> that's that's how I choose to look at it. The coolest thing Jenny Lee did was she's in a Harvey's commercial, I
2: think it I is. remember that, yeah.
1: And I think, I don't know if she was embarrassed or just whatever, but it was just, it was back in the day. It was just enough time ago that it was when you would still like watch a commercial. So, like, I don't know, five years ago, seven years ago. And I just remember sitting there watching Letterman or something, and Jenny Lee's eating a hamburger. And I remember being like, whoa. Oh I
0: must have seen it. Like, I've seen a surprising amount of weird Harvey's commercials.
1: You know, Harvey's commercial isn't cool, but it's just when you're watching TV and all of a sudden your friends eating a burger on TV. Yeah, it's
0: like ah. <laughs> that a smaller sort of weird version was that was my, or probably a lot of our mutual acquaintance, Katura. She was in an OC Transpo ad where she has the like, it's like with the old man and she has the tall uh, mohawk,
2: and what? it's that that
0: really old OC Transpo ad that's like, you never know what friends you'll make. on Oh, I remember yeah, that. Cause it's yeah. a classic picture. And then I didn't know it was her. But yeah, it was just because I was just like, oh, my God. Like, it was just it's such a like it's just one. Of, as an Ottawa resident, you're so used to seeing that ad from back in the day. And then you're like, oh, my God. Like, and and as a as a side note of weirdness, my best friend's cousin sang the Marineland song, which what? everyone in the world. In everyone Canada loves Marineland. Heard. Yeah, she sang that. And so that's just a weird, like she's not like maybe proud of that. <laughs> that means but- she's
1: an accomplice to. Being a
0: monster. Yeah, and it's not like... <laughs> I think it's one of those, like, here's 500 bucks and that's all you'll ever get from this and we'll play it for 20 years, you know? But oh, yeah, So it's sure. not like she, like, made a mint off S- of it. S-
2: since we're impressing each other with celebrity <laughs> stories... I hope that impressed you. I went to high school with this girl and her dad played Pokeroo. Oh, man. What? And she never saw him. And you're like, yeah, wow. She, so, so, you know, he was an absent. <laughs> that's not, that's a good. That's,
0: I missed my dad again. That's a, that's a solid uh, poker And he gang. told
2: me... That costume was, like, a bitch to clean.
0: Yeah, it probably stank, like, I'm sure.
2: Like, I don't know. They probably needed some special vacuum or...
1: (laughs) I thought Pokeroo was just whoever was there at the time. Because wasn't the shtick, like, it would be a guy and a girl, and the guy would be like, hey, there's something over there. I'm going to go open the door for Pokeroo. Yeah. And then Pokeroo would come back, and then the guy would come back and be like, I missed him again. So there were so...
2: Did the woman leave? It was always the guy I thought it was always the guy. I think it
1: was always the guy. And... It was like, that's how low budget the show was, that they yeah. couldn't convince, like, an intern to put on the Pokeroo costume. It had to be one well, of the
2: Well, maybe actors. they did that sometimes. <laughs> I, I don't know if he was ever on camera as one of the... Because there was always a guy and a girl. Yeah. So I don't know if he was ever Interesting. on camera. So
0: you're really ripping the lid off of this. So you're telling me that the poker <laughs> was not played by the guy actor. I guess maybe they just wanted you to think that. For, well, and I did. Man. My it mind is blown. Was, I got a deep it was dive never into that now. actor
1: guy. It was Andrew's friend's father. I saw them... <laughs> live here in ottawa and if i remember correctly it wasn't a big thing it was like in a library or something like You're a like, basement yeah 50 kids kind of thing but it was one of the first it was maybe my first like in-person brush with celebrity because i remember being like whoa it's them from the tv you know it was way too young <laughs> to go to concerts or that kind of thing yeah and, but that was my first like whoa they're in tv and they're here and then the poor bastards working on that show were probably yeah. not bringing home six-figure paychecks or no. anything. That so. was
0: me for Mr. Dress Up. I saw him live. Oh, cool. Same deal. You're just like, oh wow, it's it's the TV guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: or Sharon Lois and Bram. Yeah. came to my kindergarten.
0: I feel like they might have done a little better financially because it's like just it seemed to be mostly the three of them, and they're yeah. you know that's all. But I mean, one of them. One but of it's them funny passed. to
1: see how rock and roll it all is because I remember them. They were there. They got paid to perform at the school, however that worked. But they were selling albums, just the way if you saw a band at Targ and they're, like, selling shirts and vinyl and CDs mm-hmm. or whatever. Sharon Lois and Bram were hawking their wares. Oh,
0: that skin of a dinky dink 7-inch?
1: Yeah. I really yeah, yeah. still need that. <laughs> Little kids cheering, like, watching the Beatles.
0: Yeah. Oh, God. That is, uh, that is weird.
1: It was not the same world as now where kids go to see a the way, certain... The Wiggles? Yeah. Like, at... <laughs> A stadium Fred Penner,
0: like 10,000 people, yeah. You yeah. Know. Penner's still bringing him in, I guess. I mean, he, well, was he, did, he did folk, folk fest, fest yeah. like last year, which makes sense, like that's a good pick. But uh, I mean, I didn't go, but I no, me that. neither. It's probably still somebody fine. win, yeah. I-, I think a friend of mine had tickets and was like, Oh, I can't go. Does someone need tickets to Fred Penner? And I'm like, Uh, still no, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm still fine, yeah. I'll just keep watching the reruns and uh, I- I'm good with that. Okay, let's chat about October 9th through the
1: 15th. We have two new films, two retro films. One of the new films this week is The Artist's Wife, starring Oscar nominees Lena Olin and Bruce Dern.
2: Oh, it's Lena Olin. I I couldn't figure out who the the actress was. Yeah.
0: Same. And I was like, she looks so familiar and I can't figure out who it is.
2: Now you know. Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) What what a podcast.
1: Uh, Then we have the Ottawa premiere of a Canadian film Mm -hmm. called Nadia Butterfly, which is about a swimmer in the Olympics the funny asterisk with this movie is that it is now technically science fiction oh, because nice. it takes place at the 2020 summer olympics Oof. which never happened <laughs> so it's like this alternate universe else worlds where Man. it's a world where covid never happened and they got to do the olympics
0: well that's crazy that sounds like a much better uh yeah
1: <laughs> universe. It's, a weird, it's a weird thing that has had nothing to do with the plot of the movie but just this funny thing is like when the people filmed this movie, they thought, okay, we'll release it in 2020. It'll be good cross-promotion. It's it's an actual former Olympic swimmer in the role. Mm. Now they get all this weird extra publicity by being like, there was no Olympics this year. Man, so it's like, yeah, a good science fiction movie then what yeah. is what you're telling me. <laughs> it's one of those movies that from the poster and the initial press, I 100% thought it was a documentary. Yeah, I did But too. it is not a documentary. Huh. We have the auto premiere of that one. And we have two retro films one is kicking off our jadorowski mini film festival with el topo nice i know the, the, the original
2: midnight movie yeah so and it was the first the first midnight movie
1: ever yeah all right and it's weird because it's i associate midnight movies with like i don't know real grindhouse kind of stuff often shorter films you know like 80 yeah. minutes or something but this is like a, a two-hour film it's like an art film yeah mm. and i think it's one of those interesting things like From the point of view of the filmmaker, I think he, it's like good news, bad news. A lot of people are coming to see your movie, but it's in the midnight movie slot where I'm sure when he did it, he didn't make it as a cult film. You know, he made it as a art house kind of film. Mm -hmm. So it's that interesting kind of good news, bad news for your film. Not to compare Jodorowsky with Neil Breen, (sighs) but it's what Neil Breen gets mad at us for or Tommy Wiseau gets mad at us for. No, you have to put it on at this time slot. You can't call it so bad it's good, you mm-hmm. can't... Like, we're not allowed to show Neil Breen films in the midnight movie slot. Yeah. Which, logically, would be where you would put those movies. So that, that's why Neil Breen movies are always on at 9 o'clock, because he won't let that's them the be latest possible. That's time. the latest Yeah. I always think about that with movies like El Topo, where when they were doing it, it's not like they were doing... And not that it is, like, Sharknado. Like, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But El Topo is this real, like, real art house. It's a Western.
2: It's like a psychedelic surrealistic Western this I think the story behind it was it played at this one theater I think in New York City and it was the midnight it played at midnight and it just played and play it was like the room like like not not that it was a bad movie but it it was like a, a midnight a regular midnight event right where people showed up and it was you know did really well weird like the room where you know month after month and then I think John Lennon saw it and he got it some wider distribution gave it a wider release Mm. where it would play at you know nine o'clock and then it just it just didn't do well as a regular sort of like if you know like if Cineplex decided hey let's play the room at you know every night at 8 p.m. and it's like no one's gonna show up because it's not you know like midnight at the Mayfair you know it's so interesting because for me
1: what year was El Topo 1970 1970 Mm. I guess that makes sense because because then on the heels of that it just seems like it was midnight movies all over the place because it was
2: Rocky Horror and then like the horror films and and the grindhouse kind of stuff the midnight movie phenomenon it wasn't there's this really good book and documentary called midnight movies which chronicles you know there weren't that many midnight movies mm. and Altopa was the first and then pink flamingos john lars oh, yeah. pink flamingos yeah, yeah. and then 72 that one yeah 72 yeah. like that was a big yeah. midnight hit and then night of the living dead was getting re-released oh, yeah. and that became a midnight hit and then freaks Became you know that's that movie's from like nineteen thirty two and yeah. in, in the seventies that started playing like even here in Ottawa I think at the town cinema before it was the Bytown like I think they would play like Freaks and probably Pink flamingo you know all the, yeah. you know they probably played el Topo at midnight
1: yeah mm. and like before el topo the thought of going to a movie at midnight you're like
0: <laughs> what no it's past my bedtime yeah. it's too late that's a very surreal movie like it, it makes a lot of sense to be that late because it's already like it's a weird feel and you're it's like, a weird
2: yeah people show
0: up and they're a little they're a little high exactly they're really high <laughs> that's what i was gonna say like it's like it doesn't seem like there's a ton of sober people at a midnight show yeah. like not to typecast but and then
2: what what other movie uh the harder they come Oh yeah, with um, Jimmy Cliff. So was such a good soundtrack. Oh was, my god, great soundtrack, great movie. That was the next midnight hit, and then then Rocky Horror. I Yeah, because that's seventy four, isn't it? Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror. Yeah, seventy five. Seventy five. Yeah, and then and then Eraserhead. And yeah.
0: like, was, was Texas Chainsaw a midnight movie? Like, it must have been somewhere, I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, like... I mean, you know, this is before home video, right? Yeah, so true. movies would just get re released. So Texas Chainsaw opened and did well, I guess. And then yeah, they. Probably played it as a midnight. That film. makes
0: sense. Yeah, because I was seventy four as well. So yeah. I mean,
2: yeah,
1: and a lot of those movies, like they guess at what the box office is, but they're probably underestimating because just it was so hard to keep track of. And so when they say, you know, oh uh, Texas Chainsaw was a hundred million dollar hit back then, it was probably like one hundred fifty million. Well, but... it was
2: distributed by the mob.
1: Yeah, so they, <laughs> it was a company.
2: It was a company that was owned by the New York forget which crime, like the Colombo crime family or something. <laughs> they pretty much put out texas chainsaw so, so i'm sure they inflated the numbers
0: so then we do have something to thank organized crime for i guess I mean, thank you organized <laughs> crime yeah, like,
2: well they also it was the same company that distributed deep throat and there was a, a canadian producer named john dunning who ran a company called cinepix and they did like kind of softcore porn stuff and then the early david cronenberg stuff like mm-hmm. shivers and rabid
0: okay yeah because that name sounds really familiar. and
2: he he was like oh wow this deep throat is making a ton of money I should, because he was a Quebec distributor, he's like, oh, I should get it distributed in Quebec. So he goes to New York City to meet with the distributors, and he starts to feel really creeped out, because he's like, well, I think think these guys are mafia. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) And he made a deal with them to distribute it, but he felt
0: unsafe. Yeah. He was, like, going up this elevator in this creepy building. I'm like... Yeah, I think I'm meeting with monsters. Yeah. Man, is that partly why Marilyn Chambers is in rabbit Because he was doing, like, softcore, like, porn stuff, and then he was backing... Or is that just a complete coincidence? With rabbit David Cronenberg
2: wanted Sissy Spacek because he saw her in Badlands. Yeah. And he's like, oh, wow, I should get her for this movie. Ivan Reitman, who was the producer, who later went on to do Ghostbusters, he was like, no, get... I think it was his idea to get Marilyn Chambers. Yeah. Because it's like, well... They can't afford a big star, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. well, we'll get a, a porno actress and, you know, that'll help sell the film.
0: Yeah. Man, it's such a good movie. I love Rabbit. Like, it's a really kind of underrated uh, of his early stuff. It's really good, like. yeah.
2: And then, you know, Mayfair Connection, I guess, Lee makes Smash Cut with Sasha Gray. Yeah. Mm. So, another Canadian film with uh, an American porn star. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Another Canadian classic, a Mayfair classic. Yeah. Okay, one more movie to quickly yeah, mention. Sorry, I forgot we're halfway through this. I know,
1: like we're running out of time.
0: <laughs> Halloween month continues with A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, speaking of classics. 19- never heard it, of it. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> what a poster, too. It's, it must, you must have had like 80 posters to choose from. Yeah. See, the problem with our poster thing is our banners across
1: the bottom. So some of the iconic posters, I got to look around a bit more because like the poster would be covered up or like mm-hmm. the title be covered up. So I found this cool green one. A Nightmare on Elm Street one of the biggest franchises of the 80s it's so funny gwen put on just a random spotify halloween mix while we were at home the other day and it had everything you thought
0: it would have monster mash
1: yeah monster mash which was a full album which i only learned i was two days ago years old when i learned this i thought it was a single it's a whole album what are
0: the other songs
1: there's a bunch of other songs look it up it's crazy and it sold a million copies and then the guy did a whole bunch of other albums, but God. there's like 10 songs. And there's like a werewolf song, another song. It's, it's a whole theme album. The werewolf mash. It's like, I wait went, a minute. I <laughs> went my whole life thinking it was like a random goofy single. Which but, it also
0: is, but... But it was a million <laughs> selling album were there other singles from that album That's i don't the think real so it's just that one yeah they, did you need any others really like it's like sure you sold a million copies but like people weren't buying it for the album let's be honest and there's honest. like a broadway
1: show and it was like yeah
0: like this guy <laughs> this one hit wonder did his one hit well Jeez, like, you guys have given me a laundry list of stuff to get i need yeah. that album andrew's short films your short film <laughs> yeah. Janelle's, harvey's commercial
1: <laughs> yeah man nightmare elm street was i was That perfect age of too young to see them. So they were just this like,
0: yeah, it was like, oh, so cool. Mythical, man.
1: But he was everywhere. Like Freddy Krueger was lunchboxes, dolls.
0: And he had a full album.
1: The reason I bring up Spotify is a random song came up and it was the Will Smith, the Fresh Prince song. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Gwen said, is this from the movie? And I said, no, this is just a song that they did because.
2: Well, there was a TV show, wasn't there? Yeah, Yeah. Freddy's Nightmare? Anthology show, like It might have been
1: connected to that, I think. No, it wasn't. It's just a song. Like, it's just like Will Smith and DJ Jazzy Jeff were such a fan. Yeah. They just made a song. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Never in Elm Street is a great movie to see on the big screen, filled with all kinds of history, whether it's Wes Craven or Johnny Depp or
0: The Final Girl and uh, all kinds of cool stuff like that. Yeah, and I still think it's arguably the best of the franchise. I mean, I love most of them, but uh, the first one is just it's got a re- I mean there's there's some a few like hokey parts obviously but it has that real energy that like almost like Texas Chainsaw or Evil Dead has where mm. they're just using this ingenuity and no budget essentially I mean for what they made you know and like a completely original concept and original mm. screenplay
1: and I didn't know this and Rotten Tomatoes is arguable at the best of times but it's really well reviewed like it's got like a ninety-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, Man. and you scroll through it, and like some big name critics of the day were very positive to it in this time where horror films were really the dregs. Is that it got really good mainstream press praise? Mm-hmm. So if you haven't seen it on the big screen, come see
0: it on the big screen. Yeah, and I, I think that, like he was that was probably his first big critical hit, I guess. Like because I'm, I'm I think like so. Last House on the Left, you know. I, I mean, it has its fans and stuff, but I don't think the critics loved no, it. At the time. Roger Ebert did.
2: Oh, really? Oh man, he oh, gave it three and a half
0: stars. Man, wow, that's that's pretty huge, actually. Roger, you're crazy. <laughs> My issue was always just the goofy cops, like the Keystone Cops type comedy that they. Inserted. Yeah, there's it's such it's, a weird juxtaposition.
2: It, it's funny, like if you watch maybe like the first 10 minutes of that movie, mm-hmm. it's sort of like, and you don't know what it is. You you, you know, it doesn't really hint that it's a horror film yeah. at first, because at first the bad guys seem kind of goofy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then they do what they do and they're, you know, which makes it more shocking. I
0: guess. Yeah. So, I mean, that is sort of a power that the movie has, but I've just always, I found that it's tonally so weird. Like, and I like what he was going for, I guess, but it's still, it's, and then it's, then he it's followed not that it's, up with nightmare, which became this uh, yeah. merchandising blitz yeah and like what hills have eyes was before nightmare was mm-hmm. it yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. and that one again like i think i mean that i really like that but i mean again i don't think like the critics were losing their minds over that you're not I getting lunch boxes out of that one no <laughs> but i mean but he, even that that
1: freddie had lunch boxes is nuts yeah because everyone forgets that it's like a character that was killed by the spoiler spoiler, well, hey, spoiler, hey, hey. spoiler. <laughs> it's a character that did questionable things with children yeah And then he became this like goofy pop culture, almost like a Deadpool kind of character for today. Pretty much. And yeah, so it's something to see the evolution of that character over that decade. And then that they tried to do a remake years later and it just didn't work. Like
2: Jackie Earl Haley. Who's great, like a great actor. And that's the thing,
0: yeah. Like we all love him. Good casting, yeah. And it's, the idea was decent. Like I liked the idea of the, is he innocent or is he not? Like the concept could work but it just didn't, I mean, the makeup was awful as well, but it's just, it's weird. Like, I I remember watching that, knowing it had nothing but, you know, hatred towards it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm going to give this a fair shake. And just halfway through the movie, you're like, I don't even care. Like, they're just redoing all the set pieces from the first one, but worse. Yeah, it's strange that they do that. So, but Hills Have Eyes, co-star Michael Berryman, co-star of Smash Cut, to work that back. Whoa, (laughs) Smash Cut. I felt like we had to work that back after all this. Maybe he was in Josh's short film too. I don't know. I'm not clear on that. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. We gotta figure out a link to Kevin Bacon somehow. <laughs> I watched. You should have laughed last night with Kevin Bacon, the, the new the Netflix house? movie. Yeah, with yeah. David Coop. So it's like the big return of the Stir of Echoes team. Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, wrote, wrote, wrote Jurassic Park, yeah. and not a Conaline crush, whatever that. The, the bike one with Robin, but newer Robin, not older Robin. Adrenaline Premium Rush. Premium Rush. That's it. Yeah, not yeah. good. Not a good movie. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to give you my Kevin Bacon
1: connection and then wrap this up because we're we running go. way long. I worked on an animated film called The Nutcracker Prince here in Ottawa. I was mm. like a high school intern on it, got to paint animation cells. Man. So one of the voices in that was Kiefer Sutherland as a tin soldier toy. And Kiefer Sutherland was in Flatliners with Kevin Bacon. So I'm two degrees off from Jeez. Kevin Bacon. I didn't act. That's like credits, movie credits, anyhow. Man, that's okay, a so lot of
2: info. Michael Berryman was in Weird Science, which was. Directed by John Hughes, yeah. who directed Kevin Bacon and She's Having a Baby. Man. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Jeez, <laughs>
0: that's, that's a lot. I can't I can't add on to that. Okay, so let's wrap this up. It's so easy. I know. You guys How come are killing you're me? not connected to Kevin Bacon? I know. Maybe I was. Well, I connected with him last night watching that movie.
1: Come on. <laughs> I'm doing my best here. I watched Footloose. I'm one degree away. God, or actually God. I'm even better, because my friend was doing lighting at Blues Fest for the Bacon Brothers. Bo- and the part where the Bacon brothers come out and you raise the lights i was standing beside him he goes here here raise the lights oh and so God. i raised the lights which means i worked for kevin bacon jesus which means i'm just one degree i'm on the payroll <laughs> and, kevin and the kevin
2: costner brothers
0: <laughs> yeah and the Kev- i worked for the kevin costner brothers too man but it was, was just costner no brothers as long as nobody likes stabbing an arrow through kevin bacon's <laughs> neck you know we're probably good yeah keep that to the movie so thanks for listening
1: everybody we hope to see you soon here at the mayfair Stay tuned to Mayfairtheatre.ca, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for any updates, good or bad, as to what might happen in the days to come. We're hoping happy thoughts and, yeah, only and, good. and flattening curves and healthy people <laughs> and mask wearing and all that stuff. Flatliners and all of that. All flat that liners. stuff. <laughs> flat, Speaking of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, yeah. Flat that line. <laughs> and, uh, oh, we have a, a Saturday Night Cinema. Mm. Our first of two Halloween Saturday Night Cinemas on September 10th and then one following on September 17th. So I'll just quickly mention that. Man. And then get out of here. Getting close. Okay, let's
0: go back to work and let Eric go home. Yay. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Oh, I forgot to mention that I was able to find a copy of Pinocchio's Revenge. So I'll be watching. I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's from the director of Night of the Demons, so you know it's good.
1: The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nightmare on Elm Street.
2: Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street, rated R.
1: Starts Friday at a flagship theater near you.